Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. I'm kind of a big deal. Whenever you hear the music, Colin, take it away. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuis, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Good afternoon and welcome into this Thursday, April 20th edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Brought to you by the Brown Funeral Home and Cremations, Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned full-service funeral home. That has probably served our area since 1880. Spencer Punick, Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin, happy to have you with us this afternoon. And uh, we'll start things off recapping EPAC softball from last night, Colin. Uh, it wasn't a long game. It was a, a long ceremony, though, for senior night. Yeah, it was uh, great to see um, Jefferson honor their three seniors and also um, acknowledge the eight seniors for Martinsburg softball last night uh, kind of dragged into the original start time of the game, unfortunately, um, but still was great nonetheless and got to watch um, the seniors shine and the entire Jefferson team uh, shine in that 18-1 to win over Martinsburg. It was an all-around victory for them and a night that they definitely enjoyed and will remember. Yeah, and uh, looking at the conference record, obviously Jefferson stays undefeated in the conference. They're also, um, let me pull this up here, sixteen and four, sixteen and four, nine and zero in the EPAC. Martinsburg fell to zero and twenty, zero and ten in the conference, and uh, Jefferson uh, getting ready to wrap things up as they have one more conference game left on their schedule and a few more games, I believe, and then Martinsburg uh, as well. Yeah, I believe for softball, the uh, maximum number that they can do is 26 compared to 32 for high school baseball. So only a few games left before sectionals begin. And it looked like to me uh, Jefferson's exactly where it wants to be at this point in the season to make another run at the state tournament and uh, hopefully another state championship for them. Yeah, I would say that as well. They have uh, the game last night against Martinsburg, obviously, then the the 22nd this Saturday. They have a doubleheader against one of Virginia's top teams, Woodgrove, uh, at home. That's a 12-2 and doubleheader. Then they'll have Musselman uh, next, the, the 25th, next Tuesday, and then that'll end their season. Uh, then the sectionals will begin on May 2nd and then run through the week, and then they'll have regionals the, the next couple weeks after. Uh, but uh, the softball season coming to – regular season coming to an end fast uh, or very quickly. It is. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's tough to get really a read on, I guess, what last night's game really means because it is <clears throat> quite the you know difference between the teams there uh, just looking at their records. But um, definitely a good win for Jefferson on senior day and – for Martinsburg, they showed some uh, competitiveness early in the game. They took the early one nothing lead. Their JV team did the same thing. They had a nice 4 nothing lead uh, before falling. So maybe a little bit of improvement being shown from the Bulldogs, and, and that's good to see at this point in the year. Yeah, let me double-check here with the dates for regionals and sectionals as I'm pulling up the calendar right now. Softball, softball, softball. Uh, what year are we in the 22-23? Well, while he does that, Nick. May 1st to 12th is sectionals, and then May 15th to 20th is regionals before states are May 24th and 25th. I believe they're in Parkersburg this year. 
How about them Baltimore Orioles? We have the last segment of this show to talk about with those. We're talking about EPAC baseball right now after softball. If you keep muting me, I'm not going to talk and let you go on your own like you want. But I'm we were just trying to have a conversation while you were looking it up instead of having you well, no, I already your looked way it up. through. I already looked it up. It's already there. I already read the dates, so we're done with that. Uh, but, Nationals uh, didn't score a run in two games. It's yeah. pretty bad. We'll talk it about, is pretty bad. We will talk about that in the final segment of the show. One softball game tonight, Hedgesville takes on Washington. Uh, that's obviously a big matchup in the region, and uh, we'll see how things go there. Let's move on to baseball. Uh, Jefferson beat Hampshire 15-2 to in five innings last night. Ryan Hefner and J.J. Pavanelli led the way with three RBIs apiece. The Cougars improved to 13-4. and Martinsburg split a doubleheader at East Hardy, winning 10-6 to before falling 9-4. to The Bulldogs now sit at 12-8. and Washington beat Mercersburg 12-11 to in eight innings. Brandon Dunbar... Scored on a wild pitch to walk it off. Patriots now sit at 8-12. and 12. Uh, Big conference game tonight between Washington and Hedgesville, and then Musselman travels to James Wood. Both games set for 7 p.m. Guys, your take on the games last night and uh, Washington and Hedgesville tonight, which we're obviously watching as a big conference game. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see how Washington responds after, you know, both teams really actually respond after two losses where, they didn't play their best baseball, and, and they know that. Now, could they have definitely lost to Jefferson and Martinsburg? Absolutely. But losing the way they did probably doesn't uh, feel very good. Not that a loss ever feels good, but if you lose and it's you know a close game, and uh, sometimes those are tougher to get over. I don't know. It's like a weird thing with how you feel about each loss. Uh, but most people will say, you know, a loss is a loss. doesn't matter what the score was. But still, I think when you lose and it's not a good performance at all and, and there was a lot of negatives and you can't have any real positives when you look back on it. And I think that's what both those teams are going to do when they look back at the – or when they looked back, I guess, at the Martinsburg and Jefferson games. Um, you know, they want to come back tonight and bounce back and have a good performance, especially against another quality team. So – I think it should be a good game. I think both teams should play a lot cleaner than they did in their previous outings. And, um, you know, you would favor Hedgesville, but Washington has certainly shown at times to be competitive with every team in this league, even if they haven't gotten wins over them. So I wouldn't count out the Patriots either. I think it should be a pretty close one, depending on who pitches and, and if they have their stuff, which, I mean, that's – Really, always the key in baseball is if your guy on the mound has it going, then you have a pretty good chance to win. Uh, but you can't make mistakes behind them, and you can't allow too many free bases. That cost both of those teams the other night. I'm happy for all the teams because they were able to score runs, unlike the Washington Nationals in two games against the Baltimore Orioles pitching. And with that being said, okay, I'll just stop doing the show then. And if you want to keep muting me and be rude. I don't know. I just know that you like to throw it more than you can take it. You like to dish it more than you can take it. Doesn't seem like that, but if you want to talk, I'll, I'll let you talk, Spencer. I don't know. I was going to talk about the Hedgesville Washington. Yeah, I was getting to that, and it, it was a part of my point. Okay. May I continue? Sure. Thank you. So with those games, uh, Washington, they were up 6-2 at one point, and Mercersburg uh, gave them a you know, back-and-forth game, and you like seeing that at this point in the season when it's – getting heated in conference time a non-conference game that 
gets you a competitive edge and they were able to get the walk-off win bounce back after some rough games this week and it's a very big week for Washington so the fact that they were able to do that is great and I, I said yesterday and I'll say it again for the game between Washington and Hedgesville it seems like that two through five in the EPAC it, it can go any way depending on who's on the mound and who is really the difference in that game depending on which team wants to shine we, we've seen it with all four of those teams that being Washington Hedgesville Jefferson and Martinsburg Musselman it still seems like is at the top Spring Mill still has yet to get there and then Hampshire if you want to count them still needs to get there but looking forward to tonight's game with those teams and then Jefferson I think right now you probably have to put them second after another impressive win where the offense continues to shine yeah I mean I think there's no no argument that Musselman right now is the first spot I think you mentioned two through five I think it's really three through five I think Jefferson has that spot locked down maybe the two three you kind of throw up things up between Jefferson and Hedgesville but I really think that I mean I think that first three is really between who they are like Musselman's going to be number one Jefferson or uh, Hedgesville are going to be number two and then number three is this flip of that and then in four and five I mean uh, it depends on how the coaches will view the game on Saturday at Mingo Bay Classic which from what I understand coaches are not viewing that as a conference game which still baffles me because it was a game that's played between two conference teams that were trying to win and went out there knowing that the game was going to be played they had the option not to play it they decided to play it so I think it's a game and it's a conference game but I think that also has to do with they want to get four games in they they their teams are staying around through Saturday so why not play the game because you have there's no other options I know that they tried there are other options it's schedule a game later in the year it's it's tough. I mean, I. Why do you shake your head at that? That's a factual statement. I was There's talking still plenty about, of time. I was talking about down in Mingo Bay. Your teams are already there. You want to play four games. I think it's yeah. tough because I think it it somewhat can definitely be counted because when you're looking at it from the point of view as okay, they played this game like, and, and it's not like both teams said okay, we'll send the JVs out there or something like. They that. They didn't have the JV guys. To send. I'm saying hypothetically, right? They they played their starters they played the normal guys that would play but also it's an extra conference game and and nobody's going to play that many conference games this year so it's not really fair to count it win or loss because then you're going to have one extra game played so then how do you really rank them percentage wise everything would be uh, messed up as well so um i think you know you may be counted a little bit, but like I said before, I don't think it matters too much because they're in opposite sections, and both teams pretty much have already solidified where they're going to be in the section based on the other at teams. least the other start to the seasons. Now we don't know something, but also could the other teams. I mean, I think right, yeah. but something could change dramatically. Hedgesville or Musselman could just collapse. I don't think that's going to happen, and Martinsburg could move up or. On the other side, we could see Jefferson collapse, but it looks like they're going to continue to get better. So. You've pretty much already locked in, though, at this point, that Martinsburg's probably going to be the three in their section, and Washington's probably going to be the two. So, you know, the extra game down there at Mingo Bay, while it's fun to talk about, you know, should it count, should it not, I don't think you it really matters. I'm still counting it in terms of they did beat them twice, but I'm not necessarily counting it if, if I'm putting together a final ranking because 
you can't because it yeah. is an extra game that they played win or lose compared yeah. to the rest of the conference. But also, you got to look at it as those aren't the two – like, this is a conference game. You have certain pitchers that pitch conference games, and those pitchers weren't pitching that day. Right, but, I mean, you were pitching who was available rotational-wise yeah. anyway, so – I don't the know. team set up their rotations. Right. Like, I mean, on yeah. Tuesday we saw a pretty good battle between Dunbar until unfortunately he he had to get taken out of the game early. And Car- yeah, those yeah, are the I mean, two projected issues, starters, you know, walking and yeah. stuff like that. But, but those would be your conference game projected I starters. I don't get why that matters. I was just saying those are. It two makes guys some that would sense when you think games. about it. I mean, maybe Cam Gill should be starting conference. Maybe he had a, he had a pretty pitched. good game, but. Uh, that's something that Coach DeSarno is going to have to consider, I think. And he's still, you know, been figuring out his rotation and lineup throughout the season. So, um, you know, I, I get, I definitely initially kind of did lean toward what Colin was saying. And I think you can definitely take it into, uh, I guess, if there was really some significance in terms of where I you mean, would put those teams. I mean, if they went on standings like basketball now does, it, it makes sense that it wouldn't count because. Yes, it's one extra conference game. It's one extra game that would mess up the percentages, mess up the standings and everything. But it comes down to ultimately coaches voting one through seven of the teams in the region. So how does it hurt those voting to have another game to look at to put together your votes, especially with teams Washington and Martinsburg that all three of us agree right now are fighting for the same spot in that one through seven. Yes and no. I mean, it's it's tough because when you look at it too, can you really say that Martinsburg should be below Washington based on the fact that Martinsburg has a better overall record, even though they have a one and two record, if you're saying that all three games should count. They have a better overall record. Uh, they've beaten Hedgesville. They've beaten Jefferson. Those are things Washington hasn't done yet. That's so. fine, but it could still play a factor in people's voting. They, they can say yes, even though Washington's 2-1, and one, they haven't done this, 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 this. Or they can say, because of this game, I want to weigh that more. Yeah, but I don't know if one game that was kind of, hey, it's a 9 a.m. first pitch down at the beach, uh, while teams the teams took it serious, I mean... How you don't want to go down really to the beach that? and have to play a conference game. No, you don't, but you did. Because there was nothing else to do if they wanted to play that fourth game. They if said they, yes, if they, did they not? If I they mean, decided not to play, then they would have foregone a game. That yeah, they had and then down you get there. to enjoy a day at the beach and schedule a game later in the year. I think it would only There's really matter. There's not much matter. time left to schedule. Yes, there is. If these two teams were in the same section. Have you looked at these team schedules? Yeah. There's not a lot they can find time. They could do a doubleheader with the team if they wanted to. They could play on a Saturday if they wanted to. I mean, yeah, they could, but... Th- th- that's the reason why they... you got to think how many other teams actually have games to give now. That's another thing. There hasn't been a lot of rainouts this They year. could find some. They could go out of the state and find teams. But at this point in the year, you don't see a lot of teams playing outside the state on regular, on days of the week, and you don't know what the playoff situation is like down in Virginia or up in maryland so i think it would matter I mean, we more don't. they probably do if these two teams played in the same section yeah. and their record overall was closer than what it is i think martinsburg has like four or five more wins than washington yeah they're kind of flipped the record wise so you know it would matter a lot more if, if that was the case in my opinion 
I don't think you can really rank Washington ahead of Martinsburg, even though they have two wins over the Bulldogs this season, just because uh, Martinsburg's resume overall is more impressive. Um, and especially one of those wins was kind of a weird. I'm still, I still think it, it can go into the debate if you want to put it in there, but I think there's just more overall that you would say makes you lean toward Martinsburg if, if you're saying which team is better. But like I said, you know, it, it doesn't really affect anything because both these teams are kind of already in their spot for the sectionals. Yeah, they really are. Uh, Colin, you were out at a uh, signing yesterday. Yes. Who's signing? What happened? Uh, Avion Blackwood is a, another addition to Bluefield State. He will be joining his Martinsburg teammate Eric King there as he made his decision to go play uh, football. As we knew for a while, um, it looked like he was delaying uh, his decision because he wasn't sure if he wanted to play football, if he wanted to play basketball, if he wanted to do both potentially, which we know is tough at that level because we know of Cam Dorner from Oakdale and Frederick that wanted to do that for Shepard had the opportunity to do it for Shepard but then after the football season and the success that Shepard had put them midway through basketball season so that unfortunately didn't happen for him and it looks like his basketball career at this time is over unless things change that we are not aware of at this time but back to Avion, he's decided to play wide receiver at Bluefield State, signed yesterday in the uh, doghouse at Martinsburg High School. So congratulations to him and got to interview him, got to interview Coach Sherman and see him sign. So it was a cool thing. And play, Nick. Sweep from left to right goes Blackwood. He has three blockers in front of him and into the end zone on the near sideline. Touchdown, Martinsburg as the homecoming king gets the touchdown on the jet sweep. All right, guys, thank you guys for coming today. We uh, have another signee today. Signing to where to go to play college football. And uh, I'd like to introduce Avion Blackwood. Avion has decided to go to Bluefield State University. So Avion is going to sign with Bluefield, and then uh, he's going to say something. joined by wide receiver from the Martinsburg Bulldogs, Avion Blackwood. Avion, we've been waiting for your decision for some time after football season, after basketball season, which wasn't sure which route that you wanted to go, but you've ultimately uh, made your decision and you're going to continue your athletic career going to Bluefield State playing receiver. For them, congratulations. What led to your decision? Um, honestly, it was I wanted to go the basketball way, but I knew I wasn't going to be successful going that way because it's kind of harder to get there so a lot of coaches recruit me for football and then I was thinking about Shepard, Fairmont, all the good schools like that but then when it came down to it uh, uh, Bluefield really wanted me so I gave I gave a chance on a visit and it was a great full ride it was amazing so you'll be joining a teammate of yours Eric King uh, how cool will that be to get to play alongside him for a few more years mm, I think it'd be pretty all right because he's definitely a big factor too so 
We're going to be good. What are you most excited for during your time at Bluefield? Honestly, just getting better, getting stronger, and playing receiver. Sounds fun. What are you going to miss the most about being a Martinsburg Bulldog in your time here, in your four years? Um, definitely Coach Sherman. He definitely taught me how to do what I'm supposed to do on the field and in school. So, Who helped you, uh, other than Coach Sherman, get to this point that you want to thank and shout out? Uh, Coach Jenkins, Coach Lenz, all of them, all the, all the coaching staff. They brought me on my junior year, and ever since then I've been successful. So I like it. All right, anything else, man? Yes, sir. All right, congrats. Appreciate your you. time. Now joined by Coach Britt Sherman of the Martinsburg Bulldogs. Coach Sherman, Avion Blackwood, uh, continues his athletic career going to Bluefield State to play receiver. Just how much he, uh, did he mean to your program, and what are you going to miss most about him? Well, Avion was just a great kid, and he is a great kid. And um, incredible talent, being a, a two-sport guy. And uh, he probably could play four different sports here at Martinsburg. He's that talented. And the sky's the limit for him. You know, I've talked to a lot of coaches about him, and he's, you know, he played a lot for us, started for us. And um, as far as football goes, he's got a lot of really good days ahead of him. You know, he only played two two years in high school, but uh, the level at which he played and coming in the championship game his junior year, um, I think he had like 12 tackles and had an interception in that game. And then just the year that he had last year with some returns and, and um, you know, playing different receiver spots as well. He'll uh, he'll be successful and uh, he, he's, he's going to do big things. Obviously, it's all the on-field success. What about some things that he did for your program off the field that you're going to miss, too? Well, I mean, just his locker room pre- presence. And, uh, you know, you go on a trip and uh, you go to a restaurant or you go to places like that, you don't have to worry about Avion Blackwood acting up. He's just a great kid. And um, kids around him, you know, seeing his leadership, how, how he handles himself, how he acts. And, uh, you know, that's something that's going to be missed. Anything else, Coach? No, just the, that, you know, that's one of the things that uh, – with with these kids you know establishing these relationships with these guys and uh seeing them go to the le- next level it's just it's it's very uh i'm very happy to see that and uh it's promising to see and and just you know i know we've had a lot of guys this year and we may have one or two more uh, decide to go places and uh it's uh, i'm happy to see these guys further in their career coming up this summer you guys have your golf tournament uh just tell us a little bit about that and how people can uh, become a part of it. Yeah, so sign up for the golf tournament. Go to martinsburgfootball.com, scan the QR code, and uh, get the information for the golf tournament. So we're looking for teams. We're looking for T-sign sponsors. And also players should be coming around asking for player sponsors because that's the way we're going to do our spirit packs this year. If players players get a player sponsor, then um, they'll get a spirit pack and have have gear ready for them when uh, camp starts in August. All right. Thank you, Coach. Congrats with another player continuing their career from Martinsburg. Thank you guys for your coverage. I was calling with Martinsburg head coach Britt Sherman for football. Before that, it was Avion Blackwood who's going to play football at Bluefield State and join teammate Eric King. That's a pretty cool thing that I think that kind of drove him to make that decision from what you talked to him about. Yeah, he said it was a big factor, and we know uh, – Eric King is going to be a tight end there, so maybe see them in the room. I don't know uh, what that situation would be, but it's cool to see uh, two teammates go into the same place. All right, well, that will do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Parsons Ford, Kent Parsons Ford, and Martinsburg. They became number one by making you number one first. Go to ParsonsFord.com for more. On the other side of this break, uh, Joey Fisher 
ranked relatively high as he had a very good pro day. And uh, Mile Kuyper seems to think he's going to get drafted 99th overall. We'll talk about that after this two-minute break on the Sports Mix. We'll be back in two minutes. With four new car dealerships and four used car dealerships in three states, Parsons is the largest used car and fastest growing new car dealer in the tri-state area. Take Parsons Ford with huge savings on hundreds of new Fords, financing from 0%, Parsons' goal of financing for all, and Parsons' famous above-market trade-in allowances that help make Parsons number one for used cars, too. See why so many won't buy anywhere but Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Parsons. Ever try to collect on an insurance claim? Perhaps a homeowner's claim, auto accident, or fire? Insurance companies collect money from you for protection should something bad happen. And when it does, they don't want to pay or they offer too little. At Mansion Ferretti, we have an attorney who worked defending insurance companies and knows all the dirty tricks they play to deny or lowball your claim. Call us today for help in getting what you really deserve. Mansion Ferretti. When you need justice. At the Berkeley County Health Department, our motto is prevent, promote, protect. Since 1935, our mission has been to provide clinical and environmental services to protect the health of the general public. We're committed to building public health in our community by offering a wide range of services, including blood pressure screening, breast and cervical screening, family planning, counseling, lab testing, and more. We perform health inspections to make sure the restaurants you visit are clean, and we prepare and coordinate plans to respond to all hazards. The Berkeley County Health Department, 122 Waverlyburg. Catch the excitement of the West Virginia High School baseball and softball seasons on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Hit it into left field and that'll drop. Coming around is Sifford and the ball is going to slow up and he's going to score and Martinsburg's going to walk it off and get the win. We have over 25 games scheduled featuring the schools in the Eastern Panhandle Athletic Conference. Every game will be live right here on Talk Radio WRNR, TV 10, and our WRNR TV YouTube page. Now, back to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. But for you, I guess you moved on really easily. You found a new girl and it only took a couple weeks. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer, Nick, and Colin, happy to have you with us here as, uh, the draft is begins a week from tonight, uh, but probably won't see Joey Fisher or Tyson Bajan drafted until at least what day day two, late day two maybe, potentially a late day two pick, and then or or day three. Uh, but uh, Joey Fisher's been really busy over these last couple of days. Yesterday or these next this week, I guess you'd call it. He was in New York to or New Jersey to, to visit with the Jets yesterday. Now he's projected by Mel Kuyper to go 99th overall to the San Francisco 49ers in the, his latest mock draft. I mean, Joey Fisher has really gotten a lot out after his pro day and what he was able to do at his pro day. Yeah, I mean, Joey put up tremendous numbers. You know, he was the strongest and fastest lineman, it looks like, in the draft, or at least um, one of the those guys. So... Um, that certainly projects well for him to have a good chance of being picked. And when you put on the film, I'm sure uh, you can, of course, critique him going up against Division Two competition. But um, the fact that he, you know, dominated those guys, and you know, like we've said before, 
Division two has produced offensive linemen quite a bit in the past. Uh, typically, when you see a um, small school product, it's usually an offensive lineman who ends up getting drafted, and they can go much higher than most of the other positions because of the fact that when you measure up their size and speed, it, it measures up uh, comparably well to the other linemen in the draft. And as we uh, talked about even yesterday and, and in the past as well, I brought this up before and uh, Travis Bajan brought it up yesterday that you know the O-line position typically has a lot of guys picked and there's a lot more roster spots than the quarterback position. So I think there's a great chance that Joey's going to hear his name called next week. Um, and I had kind of hinted at it, but now I'm I'm starting to really believe it more. I think Joey has the best chance out of all the Shepherd players to be drafted, and uh, it looks like that's going to be the at least consensus in the media right now. But one thought about is Mel Kuyper is either spot on with his projections, or yeah. he's completely off, and a guy doesn't even get picked. I mean, there's been numerous times where he's had guys in his three-round mock draft to go undrafted. So we'll see. But the overall vibe I'm getting is, is pretty positive toward Joey Fisher. Yeah, and, and I think had he you know, not unfortunately broke that bone in his finger uh, at the NFLPA Bowl and then been able to play in the Senior Bowl, I think that hype would have come before his pro day. I think the hype would have started a little earlier had he been able to participate in the Senior Bowl. And yeah, then, he could have probably, if he performed well at the Senior Bowl, been invited to the Combine, which we've said multiple times he was snubbed from because at the Pro Day, as we said, he ran a terrific uh, 40 of a 496, which at the Pro Day would have been the fastest lineman. And then he dominated the bench uh, at 225, did the... 40 reps and it went viral he saw it on nfl they tweeted about it and he didn't look tired afterward he just got up and he's like yep i'm done 40 i have to stop unfortunately and went on from there he's a great player and i think it is safe to say that he has the best chance out of all the shepherd players of getting drafted obviously i hope that him and tyson ronnie brian solomon all get drafted but if we have to go with a guy that we think is going to be drafted first, I think you have to say right now at this time it's Joey Fisher out of those options because he's a lineman. We know that he could play anywhere on the line. We saw at the pro day him even taking some snaps as if he were a center. He's going to be versatile. He has the type of body that makes him versatile. He's still a powerful guy on that line no matter where teams put him, and that helps. Obviously, it doesn't hurt. And I think we do have to be realistic. I mean, while we would love to see all those guys get picked, a Division two school putting up more than two guys in a draft, you know, getting drafted is unrealistic, and it, it's not going to happen, unfortunately. Um, as much as, you know, we loved watching those guys play, and they're all great players for Shepard, and uh, hopefully, you know, they get some sort of opportunity at the next level. To hear them all called next weekend is just, I mean, it's it's pretty much impossible uh, for a Division two school to have five guys drafted in one draft, but I think they all could get opportunities at the very least at some sort of professional level, and uh, the fact that they're being talked about, they're getting a lot of shepherd press, I think is great for the university's future on the football yeah. field, but also these guys are you know 
producing at a really high level, and we're seeing, I think, the top level of Shepherd football being played. And uh, you know, it's great to see. And, and in terms of Tyson, he's definitely a wild card when it comes to where you think he could go in the draft. Uh, I think there's still a chance that we hear his name on day three. There's some people that like a lot of his his tape and stuff, and some people are highly critical of it. Um, you know, I've read some of the criticisms. I think they're they're fair, um, but also I think there's a lot of things that Tyson did in college that uh, do project well. He he has the right size when you look at it. He has a lot of doesn't appear to have any weaknesses in terms of his arm strength. Uh, maybe a little bit of a corky release at times, uh, and that's been one thing that I've seen. I've seen people say when he gets outside the pocket, sometimes doesn't make the best decisions, which we definitely have seen that, but he did cut down on his turnovers quite a bit uh, from last year to this year. And when you talk to the guy ultimately and you get to know him, um, he's very smart when it comes to the game of football, which I think that could be what helps Tyson Bajan maybe hear his name called on day three because of the fact when coaches and and, uh, scouts and GMs speak with Tyson Bajan, I think they're going to really like the guy that he is in terms of not only a football player but uh in his knowledge of the game but just the way he he sells himself and he reminds you of the type of guy that's going to come in and work really hard and and that might be enough to get him drafted um but there are you know a few flaws in everybody's game and you read any of these scouting reports even for the top prospects and it's it's kind of like people have so many things that they point out about these guys that may or may not matter so i think uh the pre-draft process is definitely tough and uh, i think if you're a player it must be really tough to go through and just hear all this negative stuff about you uh when your whole life you probably have heard nothing but positives when it comes to the football field because most of these guys are the best players at their high school and the best players on their college team yeah i would tend to agree with everything you said there nick and you know we heard we saw on twitter yesterday i said that uh Joey Fisher was with the Jets yesterday. Uh, he has other visits scheduled, including the Commanders, Ravens, and Titans. Uh, I believe he might be in Tennessee today. Don't have that confirmed, but I did see somewhere that he has a – I believe I saw it was today. I could be wrong, but uh, that's from Aaron Wilson, who seems to be getting a lot of these visits correct on on who's going to see what team. And you can only take 30 – a team can only take 30 players. So the fact that they're inviting him to be one of his, their 30 visits means they're actually really interested in him because you're gonna you're probably going to take uh, top 30 or one of your 30 guys. You're going to take uh, – Well, I'll delegate an answer to Nick for that, actually, because he found something from last year, at yeah, least for uh, the Ravens. Uh, well, somebody had tweeted out the Ravens' visits, and then um, somebody had replied to it saying that the Ravens didn't draft any of the 30 guys that they visited last year. So it was all just smoke and mirrors last year that, hey, uh, yeah, we're looking at these guys and then we're not actually interested. Now, the Ravens had kind of a weird draft last year because they picked a little bit higher than they uh, really had talent because of the injury to Lamar. So I think they picked like 14th. And Kyle Hamilton was supposed to be a top 10 pick and he falls to them at 14. So they probably didn't like expect some of the guys to fall to them and that's why they took them. But um not necessarily just because you get a visit means that you're going to get picked because they obviously have to like you at the visit, um, and that's a big factor. And also, uh, you know, it could just be um, we're going to take a look at this guy because maybe we didn't see a lot of him or maybe uh, 
teams might think we're going this way, but we want to fool them and take another guy. I don't know. Uh, that's all something that's very interesting. The NFL draft overall is just like a lot of behind the scenes stuff that yeah. you don't really know what to expect or what's going on. So I'm excited for this year's draft because, I mean, it's definitely a different one. And we don't know which quarterback's going number one. We don't know how these guys are going to fall. So I'm intrigued by it. Uh, I I did not know what you brought up there about the Ravens. That's a pretty intriguing situation there. But uh, that will do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Orsini's Home Store. You can buy your Traegers from Orsini's at 360 Aqua Wilson Way in Martinsburg or go to Orsini's.com. On the other side of this break, uh, we'll talk some NBA playoffs. And the Wizards decided to shake things up last night. We'll talk about that as they fire their GM and team president. After this two-minute break, you're tuned in the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR 210. Have you been smoking? Uh, I can smell it. Hickory. I'm going to watch you smoke the whole pack. Shut now and save at Orsini's today. Have you been smoking? Uh, I can smell it. Hickory. I'm going to watch you smoke the whole pack. Shut now and save at Orsini's today. April is National Donate Life Month. WVU Medicine is joining the effort to raise awareness for organ donation. Did you know that more than 100,000 people are waiting for life-saving organ transplants? One donor can save up to nine people through organ donation, provide sight for two people through cornea donation, and restore health for more than 150 people through tissue donation. Join WVU Medicine and help spread awareness about the gift of donation. And if you haven't registered, visit registerme.org. The Palace Lounge in Martinsburg is the place to be. Join us every night to relax and enjoy football or basketball games featuring either the Martinsburg Bulldogs, Shepherd University Rams, or West Virginia Mountaineers. We will have steak night every Wednesday, trip nights every Thursday, and now taco and margarita nights every Tuesday. You can find us on Facebook or call 304-267-7520. The Palace Lounge is located at 1350 Edwin Miller Boulevard in Martinsburg. Shenandoah Community Health continues to offer COVID vaccinations and clinics each Saturday throughout the Martinsburg and Winchester areas. The COVID vaccinations and boosters are for age 12 and up. To find out more, call 304-263-4999 or visit Shenandoah Community Health's website. Get your COVID vaccination or booster free to anybody age 12 and up at any of the Saturday clinics hosted by Shenandoah Community Health in the Martinsburg and Winchester areas. Call 304-263-4999 today. You're tuned in to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer, Nick, and Colin, happy to have you with us here. As before we get into the NBA side of things when it comes to the playoffs, uh, the Wizards made a, I guess, surprising timing-wise move uh, this last night as they uh, announced last night at about 10 o'clock at night that they have fired GM and team president Tommy Shepard in the wake of missing the playoffs for the second consecutive season. Um, 
Ted Leonsis, the CEO of Monumental Sports Entertainment, uh, made a statement for the that search for the new leadership will begin immediately and be will focus on an executive from outside of the organization. As uh, Tommy Shepard was a kind of in organization uh, promotion, I guess you would say. I think he's been with, had been with the organization since two thousand and three. He worked under Ernie Grumfeld, who everybody hated. I think you can say that, Nick, as somebody that would agree with that. He he just, everybody didn't like Ernie Grunfeld and the moves that he made. But, uh, you know, it seems like Tommy Shepard made some decent moves during his time as GM and team president for the Wizards. He made moves that looked good on paper but didn't result in wins, which yeah. is ultimately What's your uh, what matters. By? And, you know, I, I definitely didn't hate Tommy Shepard as the GM, but I think this team has continued to stay in the same area. Like we said, we didn't really know what direction the organization was going in. So a lot of that makes sense for that departure. And I mean, it never really made sense to me what they were doing even with Tommy Shepard, because he was a, like you said, a Grunfield guy that got promoted as an interim. And then he ended up, uh, or interim. And then he was uh, promoted from interim, GM to permanent GM and that really just seems like you're you're staying with the same kind of mindset of people because you're keeping a guy that worked under your previous GM and making him your permanent GM so that really didn't make sense and then in 2021 they extended uh, Tommy Shepard so what did he really do to get an extension he made one good trade and, yeah. and drafted Rui Hachimura, which looked like a decent pick. And I mean, Rui's balling out with the Lakers. I don't know if the Wizards just weren't using him right or what the case may be, but he's had two big playoff games for them. So, uh, and then they made that trade too, which really didn't make sense to me because they didn't get anything back. I know Rui was probably going to leave in free agency, but that's a, another story for another time. Um, so, I'm hoping that they head in some sort of new direction. It's interesting, though, that they are, at least for now, keeping Wes Unsell Jr. as the head coach because I would think that the new GM is going to want to hire his own head coach. Yeah, it doesn't make sense that you fire a GM but keep the head coach. Usually you see either both stay or both go, and when your star player, Bradley Beal, is frustrated, you'd think it'd be at the head coach and then the GM leaves as well because the head coach is leaving and he made that decision and not really the other way around because other than the extension, what has Beal been frustrated about other than missing the playoffs, which is the fault of both the coach and I, you have to fault on the GM. It's a weird situation that I think they're doing the right thing here because they need to rebuild. They need new faces in all aspects of the Wizards from probably top down but you can't just stagger it. You, you need to either go all in or all out, but that's been the Washington Wizards issue for, what, 30 years now is that they never do that. Yeah, longer than that, 40 years. Yeah. But uh, that's just the Wizards for you. 50 years? I don't know. What was the time the 70s now? <laughs> that was the last time they were good. 50s, 60s? I don't even know. 50? 50. 50. Yeah. 50 sounds about right. Uh, the NBA playoffs, they continued last night. Um, not too many great games. I would say they were all, I think they were all won by at least 10 points or nine points. Uh, the Grizzlies over the Lakers, 103 93 to even the series at one. The Heat, or the, excuse me, the Bucks even the series with the Heat with a 138 122 victory. And the 
Nuggets jump out to a 2-0 series lead with a 122-113 victory over the Timberwolves. Uh, not that interesting last night to watch basketball. It wasn't It was, kind of seemed like the games were already given. Yeah, in terms of the, the games, they weren't very competitive. There were some interesting comments made after the games that I think always adds fuel to the NBA playoffs. But in terms of the uh, actual games being played, um, there wasn't a whole lot of great scoring or i guess close games down the stretch uh which yeah i mean that happens in the first round typically you get a few good games here and there but it really just depends on the series but i think this lakers memphis series now being tied up at one and jaw coming back uh jaw coming back and of course dylan brooks likes to run his mouth which is intriguing you know he's talking trash to lebron during the game and after the game uh and you know, if you know anything about basketball, typically you don't want to feel uh, the fire of the the star players, especially guys like LeBron James. So I think uh, that would be interesting to see because LeBron seems to have kind of taken a step back a little bit. I mean, he is 38 years old. He can't play as many minutes as he once did. Uh, but will he go out there and just give us a, a great game three performance? I think that, I mean, as much as I kind of, dislike LeBron at times you have to respect his greatness and uh, I always think that basketball is more fun to watch when LeBron James's team is good because at least gives you somebody to root against if you're not a LeBron fan or to root for so um, yeah I'm kind of rooting for a a fun LeBron performance here against the Grizzlies in game three especially if all the Dylan Brooks trash talk because like who are you dylan brooks like you're just the guy that is a really solid role player what are you talking trash to an all-time legend for forget that milwaukee without Giannis was able to avoid being down 2-0 tied the series had seven guys in double figures last night too without Giannis. so i mean yeah looking at the games tonight two teams can take 3-0 series leads that begins at 7:30 TNT. 76ers Nets. That would be the 76ers could take a 3-0 series lead. Then at 10 p.m. on TNT, uh, the Sacramento Kings could take a 3-0 series lead over the Warriors. And then the series tied at one between the Suns and the Clippers. That game at 10:30 on NBA TV. That'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix. Brought to you in part by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Buy your next vehicle online. Deliver to you if you don't like it. They'll take it back. Go to HagerstownFord.com for more. On the other side of this break, we'll wrap things up. On this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10, back in two minutes. This is Eric at Hagerstown Ford. Over the last decade, the way we buy things have evolved. Now, you get on your phone, click Want It, and it shows up at your front door. At Hagerstown Ford, it is that convenient. We've changed the car buying at 81 corridor forever. And with a return policy better than Walmart, there's absolutely no reason to buy a newer used car, truck, or SUV anywhere else. Just like Amazon, Hagerstown Ford will deliver the vehicle to you, where you are and on your time. And if you don't want it, return it, no questions asked. Why waste your time at a car dealership playing the dumb back-and-forth games? Besides, we hate it more than you do. I assure you, no dealership from Winchester, Virginia to Washington, D.C. will beat our price. No dealership from Chambersburg, Pennsylvania to Baltimore, Maryland will beat our price. And no other dealership will allow you to return it if you don't want it. Hagerstown Ford absolutely provides the best experience at the best price. Visit HagerstownFord.com to schedule your VIP experience. Click on the vehicle you want and get your new ride delivered to you at no risk. See dealer for details. 
If you or someone you know suffers from the disease of addiction, help is available from the Berkeley County Quick Response Team with peer recovery coaches and support promptly to the homes of those who've recently experienced an overdose. This collective effort towards recovery brings resources and services to the community, including naloxone and treatment options. Call 304-267-1313 or visit the Berkeley County Recovery Resource Center, 400 West Stephen Street, Martinsburg. The Berkeley County Quick Response Team is funded through a DHHR grant with the Berkeley Morgan County Health Department. Larry DeMarco team at Modern Realty Results believes buying a new home requires a dedicated team that cares about your needs and concerns. Our experienced team is from the area and we care about this community because it is our home as well. Whether it's a $30,000 home or a $3 million home, we will be hands-on and invested throughout the entire process. Thinking of buying or selling in West Virginia? We've got the tri-state area covered. Now, back to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10, brought to you in part by the Mayor's Group of the Mayor Prize Financial Advisors. John Everson and Phil McCoy stop by 1270 Winchester Avenue in Martinsburg. Call 304-263-4343 as we begin to wrap things up on this edition of the Sports Mix. The Nationals fell to the Orioles last night. You heard it on Talk Radio WRNR as the Orioles obviously a better team this year than the Nationals. And uh, yeah, that's, that's just about it. The Orioles are a better team than the Nationals. Nationals aren't good this year. We knew that going into the year. You were the one saying that they were going to win, though. I said if their offense was like it was last week, at the end of the week, they had a shot. But the offense fell apart again. Yeah, the Orioles pitching uh, finally showed up for the first time this year. Well, so either it's, it's not, because they're good or but it's, it's not the like, Nationals aren't. It's not like the offense was all there no, for the true. Orioles. The, it was uh, only 5 five nothing between the two games. Yes, that is a factual statement. The Nationals were able to hold off the Orioles' offense that – going into the series averaged 5.8 runs per game so they had some good pitching but their offense just couldn't do anything against the orioles pitching i mean heck the nats only gave up four hits last night Eh? to a superior team yeah and i mean the orioles adley rutschman 0 for three did shut them out twice three strikeouts really all that matters you can't win a game if you don't score any runs and the orioles were able to score five of them in two games and the nationals were able to score none so the top of your lineup last night though who cares they won Hayes and rutschman six (laughs) strikeouts i will take a shutout over anything you'll take rutschman striking out three times and Hayes striking out if it means that they get a shutout victory 100 percent. i don't really care but uh, the pitching has been a little bit better as of late. Uh, it started with the A's series. Now, the pitching has been good, though, against bad teams. So can they continue exactly. it against some good teams? Uh, we'll have to wait and see. But you definitely, uh, I think, overall feel pretty good about how the Orioles are playing. Yeah, that's the thing is you got to do it against some good teams now. As the Orioles, obviously the team that uh, hopes they can make it to the World Series this year after a long drought from the playoffs. I mean, I think every team that hopes that they can make it to the World Series. All right, well, that will do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. No sports on the radio tonight as the Nationals are off. But we'll have EPAC baseball tomorrow on Talk Radio WRNR TV 10, WRNR TV on YouTube. And we'll be back for another edition of the Sports Mix tomorrow from 12 to 1. 
For Colin McLaughlin, Nick Verzellini, I'm Spencer Pui saying so long. We'll talk to you tomorrow at noon. FM and 7.40 AM. Talk Radio WRNR. Martinsburg, Shepherdstown, Charlestown.